Welcome to episode number 77 of the MR Running Pains podcast. Today, as I uh, said it in my outro last week, uh, we have Andrew Nelson. Andrew Nelson is one of my uh, coached athletes, but I want to just keep an eye on Andrew's performances. I believe Andrew is an up-and-cunning uh, you know, future star in the sport. I think he's really going to turn some heads at the things that he can do. Not to put pressure on you, Andrew. <laughs> I don't mean to do that, but I really believe in you. And I think that uh, we're going to see some great performances coming out of Andrew uh, in the relatively near future as he runs the Pine Creek 100, as you'll hear about in this podcast. Um, really appreciate Andrew in this one. We talked about a lot of things. He was very open, uh, talked about some of the things that pop up and problems that he has while running, uh, especially at the ultra distance. And we get into some possible resolutions and things that he can do. And potentially, if you're having some of the same problems, maybe it's some things you can try as well. So I hope you, I hope you enjoy this episode with Andrew. And here he is. Well, hello to Andrew Nelson. How are you, sir? Doing great. Awesome. It's uh, it's good to see you and uh, and catch up. Um, we haven't really had a chance to talk since your your fifty k. Um, so I'll, I'll look forward to this conversation and hearing a little bit more about you. So why don't you start us off with telling us a little bit about Andrew Nelson? Who are you? How old are you? Where are you from? What is what's your background? Thirty five years old. Uh, from Central Kentucky. Been here my whole life. Um, started running high school, middle school. Uh, never was really the fastest, but I always did okay. I think I got down to ten twenties for the two mile. But uh, then after when I was about, when I was seventeen, after high school, just kind of got burnt out. Quit running completely. Took a little twelve year break. Gained about a hundred pounds. Got a that I weighed at the most about 270 pounds. Yeah, 30 years old, and uh, I was going to have to buy a new size of pants. So I didn't want to buy a whole new wardrobe. So uh, <laughs> went out to the track and tried to tried to run a little, but uh, it didn't go too good. I uh, I was able to couldn't do a whole quarter mile. I could, so I did the run the straights, walk the curves. For about five miles, immediately got injured. Oh. But uh, I, uh, that runner's high came back to me. And I remembered it and it kind of just started working back from there. That was August of 2016. And what are you down to these days? Uh, about 180. 180, right on. 90 pounds off. Almost back down to high school. <laughs> about 10 pounds off. Right on. That's that's pretty amazing. So um, you built back, obviously, and then what was uh, what was that journey like? Tell us about um, you know you, you obviously you start building back, but you you've kind of come a long way. I look at your ultra sign up, and I I see you know hundred miler in there, and and so so. Yeah. But tell us about that journey. I uh, it's not a straight line. <laughs> Nothing ever is. But uh, I decided I wanted to do a marathon. And uh, started working for that. And, of course, the one I picked out was in uh, Nashville. And it just happened to be a record high. They hit 90 in April. And uh, was way off on my time. But 
the next marathon I did was in Gettysburg in November of that year, and I didn't even finish it because of an injury. But uh, and then I heard of uh, there was a race in Northern Kentucky called the Big Turtle 50, and where I grew, where we have a uh, hunting cabin up in Wisconsin called the Big Turtle Lodge. So I was like, well, that's well, might as well try that. I didn't know anything about trail running though. I ran it in a pair of road shoes. And, uh, but not long after hearing about it, I found out that they were having a 100 mile race basically in my backyard called the Warhammer. And uh, I felt it's there. I might as well go ahead and do it. I didn't know any better. So I signed up for it. And uh, I did well at the Big Turtle. I got fifth at it, but uh, I injured my tibial during that race. And then two weeks, I was able to run through it, but then two weeks before Warhammer, I sprained my ankle. Uh, PT, went to PT and kind of got it strained out and they said I could run, so I was going to go ahead and do that. And uh, actually during the race, I got bit by a dog on right above the ankle, right next to the injured tibialis. But uh, I, did, I still didn't know anything about trail running. I was still running a pair of road shoes and didn't know anything about salt or really much about nutrition. So about 60 miles in, I wound up shaking uncontrollably and having to drop. But use that as fuel for the next one. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it sounds like you learned a ton of stuff, um, you know, just from, <laughs> just from one experience, uh, which obviously if you throw yourself into a hundred mile, your, your, your learning curve is going to be pretty steep. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but it seems like, you know, along this you know progression of, of <laughs> what you've done, there seems to be like a lot of, some of them are not your fault, but I mean, there are others that your injuries, injuries, yeah. um, kept manifesting themselves. Um, do you attribute that to trying to ramp up too quickly? Um, yeah. yeah, just doing uh, too, too quick or. Yeah, and it took time. Like, I was hard to describe. I could start running and my fitness would come back faster than probably my body was ready to structurally. And then I think the weight loss also, the loss in strength, the building that strength up and built, just getting my tendons and everything just used to the strain. Because cardiovascularly, I could do more quickly than I could physically handle. Yeah, yeah. I, I, then I'd get highly motivated and do too much. <laughs> yeah, well, and so um, Warhammer was the one that, that kind of, that's the one you terminated at 60 miles, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if uh, if I go over to uh, Ultra Sign Up, it looks like you've got a uh, well. I see um, two 100 mile finishes. Is that correct? Three. Um, one Three. of them's at the very bottom. There wasn't enough finishers for uh, Ultra Sign Up to consider it. Oh, is that the Falls 100? Yeah. Okay. There 21 started, and there's three of us that finished. Oh my goodness! And what do you attribute that to? It, um, it, the, it was first year they had the race. Okay. Up until a couple months before that, it was an ATV park. Okay. The trails were straight up and down. 
and there was no root base on the trail. So it came a three, four inch rain tonight. Oh my goodness. And it was a mud pit. <laughs> the two other fences actually were fences that cruel jewel. Oh wow. And they were I was the, I was the only one that finished without poles too. I learned that <laughs> poles. <laughs> you learned the hard way. Yeah. So that was December of twenty so that was uh that was your first hundred mile finish, right? Actually it was a eight thirteen mile loop. Wound up being 104.8, and the last loop I actually got to put on my Warhammer shirt from where I DNF, and that was kind of my victory lap. <laughs> so you got the finish there. That was your first 100 mile finish. I'm sure you brought a ton of lessons to that one. So by this time, did you have a, a nutrition plan? And then, yeah. yeah. So you, you're you're a little bit better off in this one. Any injuries leading up to this one or in this no. one? No. no. No, actually, everything went well for me. Okay. What did you do in your buildup for that one? Did you have any races that you used to build up into that one? I was kind of all over the place. I did, yeah. Um, I did a marathon, a road marathon a month before early November. And uh, it was over in Bowling Green, the BC 26.2. I was just trying to get a Boston qualifier. And I got a, a personal best there. Okay. You said 252? 256. 256. Nice. So Sweet. Uh, yeah, just bounced around, just doing whatever was fun. We'd go down to Frozen Head and do the 20 mile loop. <laughs> did a half marathon where I, after the finish, I got to go back and run with my wife. And she was, it was her first half marathon. And she was having fun. Nice. Is 256 uh, still your PR at the marathon? Yeah. Or? Yeah, I haven't actually done a road marathon since. <laughs> it's it's guard you that bad, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I I can understand. Right on. Um, but uh, like I said, you've got uh, quite the smattering of different events, and they're they're typically more towards the uh, Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, I mean, it looks like you kind of stay there. Um, you've got uh, Pine Creek coming up. Um, and that's, that's kind of, uh, venturing out of your territory. You're moving up to Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, what, what made you choose Pine Creek? Very easy to crew. Okay. My wife's my crew. So, and if, uh, if we go too far out, the boys come with us and that makes it, well, I've got a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. Yeah. I try to be as easy on them as possible. Yeah. What, uh, what do they think of your ultra adventures? Oh, she is amazing. She gets more into it than I do. Yeah. She will, um, at the falls where it's an eight lap course, she's actually had people think she was the aid station and come <laughs> up and start eating. <laughs> That's fantastic. Does, uh, does she pace you at all? No. Well, she did at the um, Backyard Classic at the eight hour. Okay. He came out and he it was it was around 92, 93 degrees and wow. like 40 miles in and heat was starting to get to me, so she she could tell I wasn't doing too well, so she ran half a lap out with a team and cheered it for me for the rest of the laps. <laughs> that's great to have a supportive wife and, and yeah. somebody on board. It makes it so much easier to to not feel as uh, 
you know, as, as, uh, as dad for, you know, going out there and training and, and racing. That's really great. She's saying he's ahead too whenever I'm having a pity party. So you want me to get back going. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, and so um, tell us a little bit more about Pine Creek too. What's, uh, what's the elevation change? What, um, there isn't any. <laughs> 600 or 800 feet in 100 miles. That's pretty incredible. Oh my goodness. Um, what's the surface like? Um, crushed gravel. From videos I've seen, it looks very similar to Tunnel Hill. Which is a, okay. Which is here. Okay. So it's a double, double out and back rail trail. Okay. Right on. Extremely fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we, we're getting you prime, man. So that you know, the 50k that we'll talk about here in a little bit. That you know, I, whew, you knocked it out of the park on that one. That was that was awesome. Uh, what's a like? I, I hate to keep scrolling back through your ultra signup results, but was that your fastest 50k? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was. It was my first one that was on road. Those have been all like Yamaha, Mundo, all trails with a lot of. A lot of single track. Okay, so this one being all road, um, how did you feel after that? Like, what was the recovery? If you compare, like, a, a you know, a trail run to the the road race fifty k, um, what did, how'd that go? Significantly better than my last road marathon. And the road races, it seems like you get more muscle soreness. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't that bad. Good, good. Well, I mean, your your training has really been complete. I mean, I, I I can surmise that people can guess that <laughs> I've been coaching you now, but um, you know, I your training has been spot on. Like you know, everything I plug in there, it's always done, and you know, it's it's done you know, to a T too. I mean, what do you do for a profession? Uh, pharmacy tech. Pharmacy tech. Okay. I would have guessed engineer, <laughs> just with the, the precision <laughs> that you actually <laughs> I gotcha. But man, yeah, you follow everything to the letter. I mean, to the T it's, you know, and when I look at your consistency on your intervals, it's just incredible. So um, it's, it's really fun, you know, coaching you because it's like I, I plug a workout in and you just nail it. So um, yeah, it's been really cool watching that. So um you know leading up to this we uh you know, i guess we can say like um what made you want to seek out coaching consistency consistency yeah. you can i've always been all over the place uh, but i kind of wanted to see what i could do if i just focused in right on yep yep I always long term see what i can do in a couple of years um, cool now it's i mean <laughs> And like you said, we've been consistent. I mean, you've been nailing all the, the strength routines, mobility, everything. So it's, you know, I, I like, I, I can't wait to see what the, how the hundred goes because the, you know, it's, everything's pointing in the right direction. So um, we got you into this 50 K um, the hardened mead, um, which is in Kentucky. Um, and as you said, it's a, a road race. Um, was it a looped course or point to point or point that? Um, and out in that area, Chris Best calls it my tribe. There, we know a bunch of runners out there, and we've done a few races out in Western Kentucky. And we really like the 
people that run out there. We actually spent the night the night before the race with a friend named uh, Chris Orrick who ran the race. And uh, it's no entry fee, no aid stations, no marking. <laughs> you just, you, they say go and they, you finish at a pizza place down along the Ohio River. <laughs> That's so, awesome. It's a fun race. No shade. So thankfully this year it was overcast. They've had some nasty heat in some years, mid mid July in Kentucky. So, how'd you deal with um with aid on that? Did your wife crew again? Yeah, she drove. Yeah. Uh, we made it really interesting because there was so many. There were several runners around me, and um, it made it to where their crews were constantly hopping with them, and then Chris Beth going every three miles meeting me and changing out water bottles. And so I had the same people cheering out for me the whole way. The ones <laughs> that didn't know who I was by the end of it knew my name from talking to her and was cheering me on and coming up and seeing if I needed anything. That's cool. Basically at any point you could have just looked up and said, hey, can I have some water? Can I have some food? And there was somebody there to hand it to you or cheer for you to keep going. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And, um, so, um, I mean, if we go back and, and kind of look at your splits, um, did it feel pretty consistent throughout? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I led for probably the first 16, 17 miles. Okay. And uh, two guys passed me. Uh, and I was holding the same pace. They just got faster. And uh, um wound up reeling one old man and then getting passed by somebody else at the very end. So I was happy with it. My goal was to go under three hours at the marathon mark and then to hold as best I could. And I was able to do that. This is so cool. What shoes did you go with for this road race? Um, Endorphin Pro. You went with the Endorphin Pro. How'd you like them? I liked them. Um, only problem I had was I had, the week before I had done a long run in started to get a blister on the bottom of my foot. Okay. Endorphin pros were so unforgiving in terms of movement. It made the blister worse. And started building up around 13 miles in. And by 18, it got to where it was really affecting my stride. Oh, wow. Then it, it popped. I could feel it go. And from <laughs> there on, it hurt a little, and I was good to go. <laughs> right on. Oh my God. So, um, have you tried any of the other, uh, super shoes? No, I tried and tried to get a pair of, uh, the Nike, but I could never find a size 14. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be, <laughs> could be a challenge, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Right on. Um, so, um, you know, if you're, if you're taking us through the race here, like I said, you led kind of early and then, um, somebody else uh came by late in the race um what was your instinct late in the race did you are you a competitive type where you're like did you know did you want to go with him or i kind of i knew he, i couldn't hang with him and i knew it wasn't my beat all end all race so i kind of i didn't quite go as far in the red as i could have but it, i definitely i couldn't have shaved off too much more time i wasn't gonna but uh, I think I got the what would have been the second fastest time I've ever been ran on the course. But 
he wound up breaking the course record. Oh wow! What did he end up running? Uh, three twenty nine. Three twenty nine. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Which he got the course record. I don't know. He he had said it in a kind of a hotter year, a harder year, and he ran like I believe in the two thirties for a marathon. He's a very good local runner. Nice. Yeah. Super good guy too. <laughs> His, his son is a state champion at mile and two mile, and he was out there crewing for him. And, <laughs> and uh, he said he had the fastest crew of anybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's cool. Right on. Awesome. And um, so, you know, we've got this um, 50K and uh, in the build, and then what else is in your build toward Pine Creek? Um, past weekend did double long runs. Right. Felt good. Yeah. First one, 24 miles, and just easier on pace. I think I was around 750 a mile. And then the next morning, um, I ended up doing 30 miles at closer to what I'd like to start the, the 100 mile at. So nice. a lot easier. It's awesome. a lot harder, hotter than the, the, the uh, it's going to be for the 100, hopefully. We hope. <laughs> yeah, we hope. That is a great back-to-back, especially uh, coming back, um, you know, after running 750 pace average uh, and, and then hitting a 30-miler the next day. So that's, you know, that's that's incredible. Um, you've really, uh, you know, you're showing, like I said, just tremendous signs of, of fitness in all regard because you're, you know, even your lactate threshold runs, it's just like, you know, you're, you're nailing these paces that are just like super smooth. So, um God, I'm really excited about that. Um, so, um, do you feel like you want to hit like a, a 50 mile effort, or do you feel pretty good about you know where you're at with with the double long runs and everything we've been doing? Uh, I'd like to try. Yeah. Uh, kind of a dress rehearsal. Yeah. Be nice just to kind of know how I'm gonna feel. Go a little bit. My stomach tends to. Around 40 miles into a race, my stomach tends to flip. And stuff that I can eat up to that point, I can't eat after that. But, you know, I can still find things to eat. So it would be nice to have that practice of, okay, my stomach turned. Now I'm going to go from the sweet stuff to kind of fattier stuff. It normally works for me. I see. Okay. Have you tried, um, you know, flipping it and not going with the sweet stuff? first just to see how your stomach does mm-hmm. i'm not proud of that okay i mean you know it just could be too much sweet you know and the stomach's just has like you know it has too much sugar um and so i mean yeah i mean it, it, it could be that you know we just try something a little bit you know more uh i would say like more along the lines of like um you know wraps rather you know kind of real food rather than go with like the sweet gels and all the you know uh, high glucose and fructose all the oses <laughs> um and and you know so i mean maybe in like the next few long runs that's what we try is just doing a little bit more um one great resource that i always tell people about um you know scratch labs the they do the uh, hydration product mm-hmm. they have the portables book do you have that one no um so it's a great resource for everybody. Um, they have um, just recipes for very portable foods. Um, you know, so it's, it's stuff that you can carry with you. Um, 
even if you just have like a waste pack or something, they're just real, you know, um, I mean, they're a little bit larger than gel, but I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's actually really good stuff, like rice balls, um, you know, muffins, all sorts of things. Um, they're so there's some really good recipes in there. Um, and it just kind of takes you away again from that, you know, really processed sugary foods and it may just do better for your stomach. So, um, but yeah, it's called portables and it's by scratch lab. So if you go onto like Scratch's website or I think Velo press puts it out like that, you know, if you go on a Velo press, it'd be on there or Amazon, whatever it's, you know, it'll be on there, but that has some really good recipes. Um, Jason Coop also has one, I think it's on his website. He stole it from somebody else, but it's a really good, um, another type of rice ball, um, recipe. It's, it's got like, you know, some really good stuff in there. That's, that's a really nice recipe because it's not, um, it's, it's nice for the palate. It's not overly sweet. It's not, you know, but it has some, it has some sweetness, but it also has some savory. So it's kind of a nice mix. Um, but those, you know, those are all these, it's always good to try something different like that. Um, some of the folks um, that have been doing the hundred miles and stuff, they use like um, just, you know, make a, a tortilla wrap and you know, what you want inside is obviously up to you, but um, uh, like mashed potatoes with like some butter and salt um, that has about everything <laughs> in it. Um, some people do like avocado um, and, you know, mix something else in there. It depends on your taste. Um, you, know, you can add bacon obviously to anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So that if you're into bacon, um, and then, um, you know, just other thing is, um, yeah, I always suggest baby food. Um, baby food is really easy because it's already processed. Uh, you're getting, you know, you can get the organic packets that have just, you know, a, a whole smattering of different types of foods and it's, they're super cheap too. You can usually can pick up like 10 packets for 10 bucks at the grocery store and just get like a whole different variety, you know, and try those. Because uh, um, it's kind of like squeezing the gel. A lot of them are close to 100 calories. That's the other thing you have to check is just make sure the caloric intake or the caloric content is high enough. Uh, but those are you know some other options to seek rather than to constantly you know try to rely on the sweet stuff and then your stomach flips. Because um, sometimes that's really all it needs is you know um, a different different source of, of calories. So, but something to play with definitely in the long runs. You know, um, since we have time before the 100 miler, be wow. good to see how the and you know and then if it's if it's going well during the shorter runs obviously we can try it in the uh the trial 50 miler and see you know how that works out for you um but um you know good things to do now do you do um uh anything in your um your hydration so far as like calories go um tailwind tailwind, tailwind and sword it's kind of okay good, uh that's another thing. It gets to where I have trouble with the sweet taste. I wind up having to make them a little weaker towards the end. I got you. Uh, and when you say sweet stuff, what what kind of calories are you doing? Like that's you know, um, that's the tailwind. Sweet and salty bars. Uh, okay. Foods. Uh, tailwind cookies, brownies. Gotcha. Stuff like that. So a lot of glucose um, is the primary. Uh, sugar. Um, the other thing that I might suggest, um, and, and for people that are having the same type of trouble, fructose is um, is supposed to cause less stomach distress. Not always, but you know. Um, so um, you know, ones like spring nutrition, 
Um, they're, they're made of like fruit and such. So you're going to get fructose as your source. Um, Huma, uh, again, it's going to be another fructose base. Um, so that's supposed to cause less stomach distress. Um, so, it, you know, instead of like, you know, there's nothing wrong with goo, but if it is flipping your stomach, it couldn't hurt to try or to mix up, you know, like what I was doing at hard rock was I had a mix, right? So I had, I had goo, but I also had um, spring and I also had um, Huma. So I, I mixed up, you know, what I was taking um, so that it wasn't always one sugar because uh, your body sees that stores, you know, and it's just like, Oh, more glucose. I'm adding more glucose to the system. So, whereas like if you throw in glucose, and then your next is fructose, it's, it's going to distinguish between the two and, and continue to break down the glucose while it starts to break down the fructose. Well, if you keep throwing glucose on top of it, now you're just, you've got a lot of glucose and it's, it's trying to process all of it. So mixing up the sugars might help as well. Um, so just some ideas there um, because, uh, you know, tailwind's completely separate and, you know, you've got maltide, malt, malted, malted dextrose, <laughs> uh, however you say that concoction. Um, so you've got a different ose, <laughs> we'll put it that way. Um, you know, so that shouldn't combine too poorly with uh, glucose and fructose because now you've got this melted dextrose. Um, so, it, you know, but it's, you know, when we put in too much of one of those oses, that's when, you know, we can tend to get some stomach distress. So um, that would be the other option is just mixing it up. So you can try both ways and see if either helps. And hopefully we work through that, <laughs> that stomach distress. Um, kind of my go-to that always works is uh, peanut butter wrap. Peanut butter wrap. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, um, protein is, it's great in the longer events, obviously, because it's a long burning fuel, but it also takes longer to break down. That's the, you know, so we don't want that too early in an event because of, you know, we're not burning the, you know, the furnace isn't too hot yet. Whereas we get later into the event, you can start to throw down because it's going to be long burn and that's when you need the calories anyway. So it's going to be more sustainable and, and easier to process later in the event. Whereas early in the event, it might, you know, again, cause some stomach distress because it's just sitting, you know, in the stomach because it's not able to process it. Um, so the other thing is too, um, you, you know, obviously you've been sustaining faster paces. So you're going to go through your, your sugars faster. It's going to burn that stuff quicker. Whereas like, you know, if you were uh, more at like, like with hard rock, for instance, like yeah. when I'm running, well, I couldn't even say running when I'm walking <laughs> 35 minute miles, you know, like it didn't, it, it like the, the sugar didn't go as quickly, right? Like if you did the marathon uh, or your 50 K that stuff, you're, you're burning quick. And so you're hundred miles, you're going to be running a lot faster. So you're going to need more calories more often. Um, but you also have to find that balance, right? So what's your typical interval? What are you doing so far as um, how often? Drinking every 10 to 15 minutes. Did uh, you say 10 to 15? Yeah, just taking a swig out of my hand. Yeah. Okay, a swig of the tailwind, yeah. And then so far as the gels go, how often are you doing those? Gels, normally I would do about every hour and something else in between. Okay, okay. So... Um, yeah, you know, and, and that's another thing too, with a hundred miles, we probably want to like, you know, kind of decrease the interval, um, you know, so that you're getting more frequently, like, you know, by the end of hard rock, I was, you know, depending on how, what I had at the aid station, how much I had at the aid station, 
I was down to like 20, 25 minutes, you know, trying to get some calories down just because I had been burning calories forever. So, you know, it's just like, uh, so it's just monitor that as well. Um, especially when you feel like the lull. Uh, so, you know, you, all of a sudden you feel lethargic, you know, you're, you feel sluggish. Um, just things aren't clicking like they were. It's just, you know, gets to more fuel on the fire, right? Throw some calories down, um, be it taking more tailwind or, you know, getting some good calories in, um, you know, it's, it's, and I always like to say like, um, prepare for a hundred miler, like your regular day. So, um, do you know what time you start? 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Okay. So what time do you typically eat breakfast? About 5 a.m. About 5 a.m. Okay. So you'll, you'll probably have a meal prior. Um, but like with hard rock, um, it started at 6 a.m., but that was, um, mountain standard time. And so I usually eat about, you know, six to 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that was like, you know, about two to three hours later. So at the first aid station, I had breakfast because, you know, that's when my body was used to having breakfast. Same thing for lunch, you know, at, at like if noon, if you're used to eating, have like a meal at lunch, you know, at noon, prepare to have, you know, something, you know, substantial. It doesn't have to be obviously like your normal lunch, but have something more sustainable, whether it be, you know, uh, um, a sandwich, uh, a wrap, um, you know, uh, a, a burger, whatever's at the aid station that, that entices you. For, so, and same thing for dinner, you know, make sure that, you know, when whatever your 6 PM, 7 PM rolls around has something larger, you know, at that, that time, cause your body's used to it and that will keep it in its normal cycle. Um, and then, you know, kind of plan, it's basically about every six hours. So, you know, if you get into the nighttime, then, you know, six hours after your, your, your dinner, if you will, your dinner meal, you know, another sustainable. Yeah. So hopefully I won't be going too far in the night. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but you know, it's, uh, uh, if it does happen, it's always good to have, you know, have that contingency, but, um, and again, you know, let's, let's play around with the, the nutrition now while you're in the training part of this so that, you know, we, we get that right. So I think that's the thing that, um, we, we don't try enough and, um, is, you know, trying different fuel sources. And then on race day, we're like, oh, that looks good, but we've never had it, <laughs> you know? And, and so we, we grab something from the aid station table just cause it looks good. And then all of a sudden our stomachs, you know, it's flipped on us and it's just cause the body it's, it didn't have that in training. It didn't, it wasn't ready for it. So like, you know, for instance, people get in there and like, Ooh, pizza, but they've never had pizza while, while training. You don't know how body's going to react to it. I mean, some people have that iron gut, others don't. And then, you know, things go south, you know, they've got to kind of recover. So it's good to practice all those things that you may see, you know, if you look through the website and the website's like, we're going to have this, this, and this at the aid station. And you're like, Oh, you know, that might actually be pretty good. It's always great to try it in training. So, right. Um, and then, um, you know, like, have you decided, um, what are you going to do for, for footwear? Um, poker ring cone, shoe. ring cone. Okay. Um, how far have you taken that shoe? Uh, wore them for the first time Sunday for 30. For the 30. Okay. Uh, no hot spots or anything like that. No, okay. I'd ran in the ones. I'd done some 15, 20 mile runs in the ones. Okay. And, uh, they're super quick. And yeah. Hot. And the three is just coming out. So, yeah, so I got the twos off the parents. <laughs> you might want to pick up a few more pairs. They they might be blitz by the time you get the race day. <laughs> yeah, I was planning on doing the uh, the fifty in them, and then okay. they wear out very fast, especially in yeah. Austin, as big as yeah. I am. 
uh, for 110 bucks too. I mean, you know, yeah, I actually got them for 80. There you go. <laughs> That's great. Especially size 14. So if you can pick up those, um, but yeah. And then, you know, um, just make sure there's no hot spots. Um, you know, one of the things that I always tell people about shoe fitting and, um, we've kind of gotten to a lot of tips here, but, <laughs> um, when you pull the liner out and you stand on it, just make sure the entire foot is on that platform. Right. So that the toes aren't hanging off. Cause that's going to be a hot spot. Um, so like, for instance, if your pinky toe kind of hangs off, that's going to be a rub spot. So just be real cognizant of where the foot sits on that insole so that, you, you know, we're, we're not going to have any potential hot spots. And then, you know, like you did in your 50 K, if you start feeling that blister, um, you know, I started feeling it on my heels in hard rock because it's downhills, you know, the next time I got into the A station, we, you know, we pulled everything off and I just used some of the, um, um, uh, what do they call it? it uh, squirrel nut butter makes like their toes. Um, uh, yeah. So I, we just kind of, you know, smothered my foot and all that stuff so that, and then changed my socks so that I didn't have that friction on the heel. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. If you feel something, take care of it as fast as you can. So it doesn't, you know, manifest itself into something else. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's the worst thing is when the feet go south. <laughs> so take care of those feet. Um, uh, but the first hundred I did for stress was amazing. She seemed to might come into a nice station and worth a toenail off. Oh and gosh, yeah. Yeah. Uh it's yeah, I've had I did a, like uh the um trail marathon and I could feel I actually felt the toenail pop off. I was like, Oh, that's <laughs> there was a toenail. So I had to, you know, obviously I had to get that out of my shoe because that could cause a lot of problems. But yeah, it's it's crazy what happens in these long races for sure. Um so um what else you got coming up there thinking of, uh, you have any, anything else you can, uh, you can think of that you want to kind of go over to, cause this, this has really been a, <laughs> it's been a good session to, to kind of expound some information. Um, dream race. Uh, it'd be awesome to be able to go under 16 in the hundred and heck yeah. At least be put, able to put my name in for a big qualifier for desert solstice. Nice. Uh, at least make them tell me now. <laughs> nice so to do the 24-hour desert solstice is the, yeah. that would be a goal yeah that would be, i mean the idea of running on a track for 24 hours isn't appealing but <laughs> meeting people that are at the you get to see some amazing people at events like that yeah that would be very entertaining absolutely no, that's cool who do you look up to in the sport um besides you <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, besides me, <laughs> Will Rivera, he owns uh, Running Souls. Uh, oh, cool! In E Town, he uh, he actually won the fall the first year I did it. He laughed me. Oh, <laughs> uh, I had lost my voice because I had a cold going into the race, and uh, whenever he was laughing, me, I I just said uh, I kind of halfway whispered, "I'd get if I had a sharpie, I'd get your autograph." <laughs> kind of looked at me disapproving and moved on. <laughs> he actually put on the heart and lead, right? Oh, okay. He, uh, the story I was told was he was doing it as a training run for Badwater. Okay. And uh, it whipped him. So he thought, hey, this would be a good run. Yeah. Uh, that's, I like how he does it. That's, you know, like the, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool how it's like no frills and, you know, just get out there, free entry, but, 
Um, uh, that's cool. The only entry fee was um, you had to bring, or you were recommended to bring something for a local food bank. Nice. So. That's cool. That's very cool. I love that. That's that. That is a good person to look up to. Sounds like he's doing good things. That's super cool. And he's actually gotten to do uh, big dogs backyard also. Oh yeah, he got to do bigs. Nice. How do you do? He had done a, the Indiana Trail hundred the week before. Oh jeez. Actually won it. Oh he man. He went over a hundred. I'm not sure how he did it. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. That's super cool. Very awesome, man. Oh man. Cool. Well, I mean, Andrew, that was that was great. Is there anything else we'd be remiss to to not mention here? All right. Well, that was that was really cool. And congrats once again on the 50k. Uh, you ended up third overall, uh, which is crazy, <laughs> given that you ran so fast. But I mean, there there are some fast fast folks in this world. Yeah, there's two right on my heel. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so cool that that was such a fast race, though. Um, if people uh, want to reach out or find you, uh, is there a good way to do so? I'd say Strava. On Strava, right on. And just under Andrew Nelson, right? Yeah. Right on. Awesome, Andrew. Well, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you for uh, for this conversation. I, that we, we, we went over quite a few things, so I think people will take quite a bit away from this podcast. So I appreciate your time. Appreciate you and congratulations. And we certainly wish you the best of luck at, at Pine Creek for sure. Thank you. Look forward to it. <laughs> Absolutely, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. A big thank you to Andrew. And, uh, you know, obviously a huge good luck uh, at Pine Creek. Um, you know, I'll be rooting for you for sure. Um, I know we still have some time for it before it, but, um, you know, uh, tremendous. Just good luck out there. Um, as I've released this, um, as I noted last week, um, I am away on vacation. So this is a pre-recorded episode that I've, you know, put ahead to, to be released, uh, so that we stay on our weekly schedule. Um, and so, uh, you know, I am hoping that, uh, I've had some time to work on the newsletter, but again, um, you know, if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, do so on my website, mrrunningpains.com. Uh, you can get on there and see old newsletters and old podcasts under the connect with me page. Also has my, my coaching information. If you want to read about my philosophy and, and, uh, what I do for coaching. And if you want to reach out, uh, you can do so through the, the MR running pains coaching, um, uh, page on the website. Um, other than that, um, you know, it's been a nice little break from, um, from, uh, from hard rock. Um, I was going to kind of get back to things and all of a sudden my ankle exploded. Um, literally, I mean, I don't know what happened. I, I was in severe pain. I couldn't sleep. Uh, it was just throbbing. I couldn't, uh, you know, I couldn't lay on the side of it. It was like the inside of my foot and I it was just in extreme pain. I had no idea what was going on. Uh, so, um, obviously went to the doctor, uh, because I could, <laughs> I could not walk. Um, and my foot got really swollen and, uh, you know, uh, we, we did x-rays and everything and they came out negative. So no breaks, uh, what we are believing it to be without doing blood test is possible gout, which surprised the heck out of me. Um, and so gout is basically, um, there is a substance in certain foods that, um, creates, uh, a, uh, almost like a crystal within the blood and it gets into the joints and inflames the joints, usually in the foot. 
Um, and so uh, we're thinking it's potentially gout. And uh, it's the pain has subsided. The swelling is going down. Uh, I'm sitting here on a Wednesday recording this, and uh, the pain started on the previous Saturday. Uh, so yesterday I was pretty pain-free, uh, but still some swelling. Uh, it's, it's getting better. My wife said I had a Shrek foot. <laughs> it was really swollen. It was really crazy. Um, but yeah, as I look down at my foot now, it's returning to normal. Um, I have to wait until all the swelling is gone um, until I can kind of get resume um, training. Did a great little hike today. So kind of coming back. Um, so if you see me missing on Strava, <laughs> that's the reason. Um, but all is well there. So, um, you know, uh, I'll be back next week, uh, regularly scheduled running. So uh, until next time, keep running, my friends. Coming, rain is coming, can't give a shit.